pulled out my mom's cookbook because my dad had given me like her cookbooks and everything. So I got that cookbook and I went, I was like, ooh, this is like an escape. Like I just zoned into just doing this. Like I didn't hear all the noise around me. Baking was my saving grace. From Fiori Communications, it's How I Got Here, a show of inspiring stories from Tallahassee area leaders, business owners, and neighbors, all the challenges, opportunities, inspirations, the twists and turns of life that led them to where they are today. Everyone has a story worth telling, and I am really grateful that we get to bring a few of them to you. I truly have been changed by my conversations with these amazing people, and I'm confident you will be too. I'm Dave Fiore, and in this episode, I speak with Jennifer Young, founder and owner of TC Bakery. What started with a request for a single pound cake has exploded into a thriving business with her signature cakes and pies available throughout Tallahassee and shipped around the country. Jennifer says she is still getting used to the idea that this is all happening to a Southern girl from Wakulla. She says her purpose came out of the pain of postpartum depression and she is now doing exactly what she was designed by God to do. Whether driving her three-week-old daughter to Houston at age 17 or quitting her job with the state to bake full-time, Jennifer has consistently proven her doubters wrong with the mantra, faith over fear. Today, the wife, mother, and entrepreneur loves bringing joy to others, traveling, and the occasional polar pop. We started our conversation by discussing the impact of a tragic loss on her childhood. I remember being a happy child until the age of 10. Sure. Um, 10 years old, my mom died suddenly, uh, came back from a Christmas trip. Well, we came back from Christmas shopping, and she died in her sleep Hmm. um, while I was in the fifth grade. And from there, that's when life just suddenly changed for me. Um, it was just me and my, it was my dad and I, Yeah. um, my siblings are very much older than I am. Okay. Well, tell me about them. How, how many, how many do you have? So and... I have, I have three siblings. Um, so my brother is 21 years older than I am. I have a sister that's 17 years older. And then I have another sister that's 11 years older. Okay. So when my mom died, um, my sister, the 21 year old was off away at college right. in Alabama. Um, so it was just my father and I. Okay. Did they ever tell you how, I mean, were you a surprise? How did you, what, what was the reason for the big, the, the big, big age, the the big gap. age difference? Yeah, the gap. <laughs> Let my sister tell it. Um, I was a surprise. Yeah. Um, how the story goes is that I was supposed to, they were supposed to be adopting a child to have with my, with my sister. Okay. Um, the one that's closer to me. My mom went in for to get her gallbladder taken out, and there I was. I found out you were, she was <laughs> pregnant. I don't know how many times people who are planning adoptions, even if they've had trouble getting pregnant, end yes. up getting pregnant when, yes. they, when they start that process. So Renee was 11. I was just born, and me and her are we're the closest. Yeah. Yes. Now, the other two siblings, um, we had um, my dad had those in his previous marriage. Okay. Yes. So um, my sister and I, Renee, um, 
from my mom. Okay. So we're we're I we used to call it ourselves the three amigos. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. All right. So when I know when you were young, at some points when your parents ran the Ma Mary's restaurant, right? Yes. Now, when you were born, were they already doing the restaurant or no. did they start that later? So my dad um, was actually working at uh, Faith Presbyterian Church and he hurt his back. And so he took his last hundred dollars and from what I was told, um, he took his last hundred dollars. You're saying it may be a little, it may maybe be one a little of those shady. stories that... Yes. So. <laughs> it got less and less as time went on. Right. So, um, and he told my mom, hey, I think we should have a restaurant. And that's how my mirrors was born. The building was already there. It was vacant. Um, the name was already there. And so they just moved right on in. They knew the person that was um, the landlord. And he let them run the restaurant for six months rent free just so that they could um, try it out, see if right, it would work. Yeah. And boy, did it work. Yeah. So I was um, five years old. Okay. So did your dad work in food at the at the church? No, he was like a groundskeeper. Okay. And like Mr. Fix-It. <laughs> so he had no restaurant experience. My mom was actually the accountant manager at FAMU in the fiscal plant department. Okay. And so... So how do people with those kind of backgrounds start a successful restaurant? Right. So she's from... She was from um, Blayton Springs, Alabama. Could cook really, really well. Yeah. And so they just kind of... They stepped out on faith and believed God that it was going to work. And it worked. I guess. Yes. Well, tell me... So I know it was successful, you know. So I'm not familiar with the story of it. So mm-hmm. tell me what, what place it had in the community. You know, was it was it one of those places where people just... It was like their place to go yes. eat a lot? Yes. So uh, from what I was told... Yeah, sure. I know, <laughs> I know this has all been told to you, right? Yeah. Um, just the stories about my mom. She was like the mother of the family community. Mm-hmm. So if you were a child who did not have money and could not afford to eat... Um, my marriage was the place that you can go get a meal. And what's your mom's name? Tommy Williams. Okay. So she was the place you could go get a meal. If you didn't have money, she would give you money. Um, they had houses that they would rent out. They would give students places to live if they didn't have uh, financial aid. Some students couldn't afford a meal plan on campus. So she developed a meal plan for them. So you pay me so much and I'll give you this many meals. Yes. So she developed that for those um, students. And my dad was an avid golfer. He was a um, semi-pro golfer in the community. And so he was always about the community, always. Jay Gaither was his second home. (laughs) Um, So they just knew my Mary's as just the home away from home. Okay. Home away from home. And what what was your experience with the restaurant as a five-year-old? Running around, running around, and let me get a chicken leg. (laughs) 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 Let me get a chicken leg. So you were... Probably around a lot, right, when they were, since they were both there? Yes. My dad would, I would see my dad maybe at night because he would go early in the morning to get breakfast started. Um, But I was there after school every day. Um, And then we would go home and it's just the cycle. You know, my mom, I was, I remember her working at FAMU. Then she would come down on her lunch break, work the register or cook some food and then go back to work. Right. Yeah, so that... that That's that, a lot. It was. And so the restaurant was... 
I don't remember wanting for anything. I mean, we we lived good when she died. So she died in the middle of them about to open a second location. Okay. So that changed everything. Yeah. So so things are kind of cranking along for five years or so. Yes. Right? Yes. And doing well and having a – sounds like a lot more than a restaurant. I mean, it's having a huge impact on yes. the community. Yes. Right? Yes. And then your mom's tragic, unexpected death and everything just changes. Everything changes. I mean, it changed. So tell me, how did it change? You go from, you know, two parents. That was my first funeral. Mm. My dad my dad didn't even, he didn't tell me that she died. I had my godmother had to tell me that she died because he was just so heartbroken. Mm. I remember after Christmas, he told me I, got, I have to go back to work. I'm like, are you nuts? Your wife just died. But he's mm. like, I have to take care of you. And I remember my family gathering around him and asking him, hey, what are you going to do with Jennifer? Because my dad was much older than my mom. So my mom died when she was 45. Okay. Um, and my dad was 53. So I remember them gathering around. Hey, what are you going to do with Jennifer? You know, you're a man. You can't raise a little girl. You know, what? It, let's send her off somewhere. And I remember him saying, no, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. And so he ran the restaurant for another year and retired. Okay. Yeah. To take care of me full time. Right. Yes. Tell me about that that relationship with your dad and what. Now, see, now I'm about to cry. That, I, and I know that you just lost your dad very recently. So, yeah, take your time. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm just so sorry that you lost your dad. Yes. Again, no rush. And we can come back to this or if it's too hard, we don't have to talk about it at all. I want to talk about it because I need people to know that a man can't do it. Yeah. He did it. He did it. So what was your relationship like as a 10-year-old with a dad who was going to do anything he had to to take care of you? He was mama and daddy. If I needed anything, you don't have to go to him. You come to me. If I had, like, you know, I started women, woman issues, you know. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, and he like, I, I can't tell you how to do it, but I can show you what your mom did. Boyfriends. If, I mean, it was inseparable because it was just him and I. Everyone else was so much older, and they had their own families. Like, I have a niece that's my age. Mm-hmm. Indescribable. What, do you, what would you say you learned most from him? To always take risk. He used to always tell me, Jennifer, I always take risks because the, the worst they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. And you'll just be back in the same position you were before you asked. Like He's, in what what kind of context? Like, just um just in just in life, like I would be so scared to like like for instance, I would be so scared to like ask him for money or something. He's like, just ask me. Just ask me. <laughs> you know, you never know until you ask. And um, so he always like, don't ever be afraid to, of the answer no. Don't ever be afraid to not go for it. Always do what you need to do to make it happen no matter what. Right. And so I apply that every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day. So, all right, I'm going to ask you, there were no times that you were rebellious and giving him the teenage oh, girl yes. thing at all? <laughs> So when I was 16, um, so my mom died at 10. When I was 16, 
So for six years, life just went on. Right. You know, he he tried to make it as normal as possible. Like we had to pick up the pieces and we really didn't talk about her as much. Mm. Um, he would just talk about how much he loved his wife, how much, you know, if he could breathe breath in her body, he would. You know, he would tell me about the love for her that he had, but he never. Um, my dad lost his mom at six. So he he never processed that. So he couldn't tell me or show me how to process it either. Life just kind of moved on. And so when I was 16, um, that's when I realized my mom was gone because we had just been going through the motions. Right. And so um, didn't really deal with it. We didn't really deal with it. It was just kind of, okay, pick up the pieces. Now we have to live life. Um, But at 16, the girls were getting ready for prom. And that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks. That you don't have a mom That there. I don't have a mom there. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the rebellion, <laughs> <laughs> I started showing all the way out. So part of you became kind of angry? I got angry, not at him, but yeah. I just angry at the situation that, you know, my mom was gone. And I would start asking, now I start asking questions. Hey, how did she die? What happened? Um, where is she? Like, I literally it was like that 10-year-old girl. Like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what happened, so then he told me, you "No, know, she died in my arms. She was just sleep. She was coughing, you know." And I'm like, "Well, did you get an autopsy? Like, like, cause now I want to know, you like, some answers, like I want right? some answers. Like, yeah. what happened?" And he's like, "No, I didn't feel the need to because that's my that that was my wife. I don't, you know, I didn't want anyone cutting on her." Right. And so then I'm I'm angry now, like. But what if it's something that's hereditary? I mean, she was so young. Yeah. And so we went through our phase like, he's like, that was my wife. I understand that was your mama, but that was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that led me to wanting to be, when I graduated high school, to be a forensic pathologist. Okay. I wanted to find out why people died. Yeah. And so that led me to try to do that career in college. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I know from reading your resume, that's not where you ended up. No. Nope. Right. So mm-hmm. what what changed in that in that desire? So back to the rebellion. Okay. Um, I wound up having a baby. Okay. My senior year of high school. Naya is now twenty. And your face just lit up when you yes. said her name. I yes. have to just tell yes. our listeners that. Naya is everything. Yeah. She aggravates me to death, but she is everything. <laughs> So I had Naya at 17, which was part of that rebellion, rebellious teenager. You're not okay. going to tell me what to do. I'm going to run off with this guy. We're going to we're gonna get married. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I had Naya, and then I moved. So I had Naya. Let me tell the whole story. Okay. I had Naya, I, and my dad came. She was three weeks old. I graduated high school the following week after having Naya. Okay. So you were able to, to complete that and, yes, and get that done. because I had her at the end of May. Right, okay. Toward the middle of May. And we were graduating the, the following week. So I was able to walk. And my dad came in with a check. He said, hey, here's $500. I need you to leave my house. What? Are you nuts? I'm like, where am I going? He was like, I don't know, but you got to get out of here. You cannot stay here. And I'm like, so I was mad. So where did that come from? He told me um, later on, because I was mad with him for a long time. Yeah. He said he didn't want me to be stuck. 
and be a statistic because he felt as though if I stayed in Wakulla with the baby, I was just going to stay there. I wasn't going to go to college. I was just going to be one of those girls that continue to have kids and not make anything of myself. So all my hopes and dreams would have died in that house. Mm -hmm. So he said, here's $500. You go out there with your sister and you, you make it work. Oh, okay. So what'd you do? I packed up my car with a three-week-old baby and headed to Houston. Houston? Yes. Okay. Stay with my sister. All right. And enrolled at Texas Southern University. All right. I knew that's where you went to college, but I wasn't sure how you got there. That's that, how that I was got not there. the story I would have come up with, probably, <laughs> if, I, if I would have made one up. Wow. Yes. yes that's that, how- I can't, I can't, first of all, traveling that far with a three-week-old is. A task oh. in itself. Oh, was right? it a task? Oh my <laughs> gosh! And I'm 17 still because I wow. didn't turn 18 until July, and she was born in May. So this is in June. So what? I mean, what was going through your head as you were on I-10 headed crying. for Houston? I was crying, and she was crying. We was crying together, and I just when I got to Louisiana, I said, "We just got to make it work. It's time for you to put on your big, big girl panties and mm-hmm. make it work." So I got to Houston. And I applied to college. My sister, Renee, mm-hmm. thank God for Renee. Renee Renee made it work. Renee found me a babysitter and found me a place to stay. She went out. She went to orientation with me mm-hmm. to TSU. And she's an AKA. So we were able to kind of like cut the line. Because <laughs> at that time, there was no internet trying to register for classes online. Right. You had to stay in oh, line. Yeah, believe me, I remember that well. <laughs> Oh, wait, I've been in the wrong line for an hour. So now I got to go in another line. Yes, and that's exactly what we did. So she stayed with me. You got your classes. I got my classes. Then I (laughs) wouldn't believe I met another guy. (laughs) Met another guy. Yeah. So I would would take Naya to class with me. So she's a TSU baby. Right. Um, I remember calling my dad because my my major was criminal justice because I really wanted to be be that forensic pathologist. Yeah. Um, got to my first criminal justice class and hated it. They were talking about Texas laws and life is life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Like <laughs> and we're gonna visit a prison and I'm like, oh no. You're kind of the reality of yes. it. Yes. I'm yeah. like, um, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. Like I, I just want to like do autopsies. I don't care about this other stuff. And right. they're like, no, you're gonna have to get on the stand and understand the whole process, the, right? The whole process. Right. No, thank you. So I remember calling my dad. I'm like, hey, this is not it. What do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And so you're talking to him again. Yes, like we're talking. But it's still tension. It's still okay. tension, but we're talking. Okay. Um, we never stopped talking, but it was just it was it was tension. You can yeah, just I, I mean it imagine. was tension. And so he said, Well, you always were good in math. I was like, you know what? You're right. So I went down there and changed my major to math. And that's what I graduated with. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you ended up in accounting, right? I did. Okay. I went from yeah. Right. I graduated with math, but um, I wound up going the accounting route. So you're in school. I'm in school. And you have your daughter and you meet another, I you meet, meet a guy. Another, I meet another guy. All right. He's going to sweep me off my feet. I got pregnant. Okay. 
And here it is, the very next year, 2003, I have another child. So now I have two kids at the age of 19. That could not have been easy. No. That was, it was hard. Yeah. To say the least. We wound up getting married. So I'm married at 19. He's 27. He's an older guy. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, well, he's my knight in shining armor. This is your answer, right? Like, I don't have to work. He's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Ha! That was a, that was a, he was like, no, you're going to have to work. I am not your daddy. <laughs> like, you are not a princess. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm a princess. <laughs> <laughs> so you're married in school. You graduate. I graduate. Okay. Are you still married when you graduate? And when I graduate, we are, no, okay. we are divorced by the end. We're divorced by then. All right. Yes. So now you're setting off in life with a degree, two young children. Yes. And what happens next? Life. Life happened. I stay in Houston. I'm in Houston for 10 years. Um, Then I moved to Dallas. Okay. Dallas-Fort Worth area. I take a job as the head of of accounting. Love the job. Yeah. I get a phone call. Because by this time, me and my daddy done made up. And even though my period in Houston, you know, with the grandkids being out there, my daughter, my my sister also had a child. Okay. And so he would be out there. Yeah. Three, sure. four months at a time. Okay. And then he'd wind up buying a house out there in Houston. Yeah. Because he's like, well, I can spend six months here and I can spend six months in Florida. And that's what he did. He okay. did that for years. And um, I moved to he- I moved to Dallas. He went back to he sold the property in Wakulla County. Decided to move to Ocala, Ocala, Florida. Daddy, why are you moving to Ocala? He's like, it's between Tallahassee and Orlando. Okay. Because he has family. His sister was in Orlando. And I get a call in Fort Worth that says um, he's dying. Mm. What? What do you mean he's dying? So I get on the plane, jump on the plane, get there, and he has tubes everywhere. Mm. And I lose it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my daddy's like, I just talked to him. Right. Like, everything always happens suddenly with him. And the doctors, they talk to us and say, you know, hey, if he survives, who's going to take care of him? Of course, I am. Like, right. no choice. My dad survives that and five more hospital visits. So you moved back to Tallahassee? I moved back to Tallahassee because one of those stints, I, I need to be back home. Right. I need to be closer to home and, you know, to take care of my daddy. Yeah. So you pack up the kids and come back. I pack, pack them up and we come back to Tallahassee. And how old are they at this point? Um, That was in 2010. Okay. I come back to Tallahassee. So I had like an eight-year-old, probably like an eight and a six, eight and seven. Okay. Um, We come back to Tallahassee. All things, I meet a guy. It's always a guy. <laughs> it's, it's always, always a guy. It's always a guy. Yeah. <laughs> this time, it's a guy that I went to school with at Oak Ridge Elementary. Was in the same fifth grade class. He had a crush on me back in the day. You know, And it hadn't faded in all these years. Apparently, you know, yeah. I swept him off his feet. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and I moved back to Tallahassee. He's already here. It becomes a thing. Okay. So it becomes a thing. We have another baby. 
I have another baby. Right. So little Joseph, everything's fine. We get married. Everything's perfect, right? A couple of years later, I have some more babies. Okay. We're still married. Right. Have some more babies. Have twins this time. Twins, right. After the twins, I felt like my life stopped. Hmm. Postpartum set in. Right. I didn't know what postpartum was. Had no clue. I just knew that they had to spend nine days in the ICU and while I went home. And that took an emotional toll on me because mm. how can I carry these little humans and gain all this weight? I've done all this stuff for you, <laughs> and how dare you not come home? Right. <laughs> I want to take you home, home with me. Yes. Right. So they had to. So they had to stay in ICU for nine days. I come um, back home. They finally come home, but life got real to me. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So. On the surface, everything should be good, right? You're yes. happily married. You're having these beautiful babies. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're hit with this. I mean, I, I don't know what it feels like, but you're, t- you tell me. What did it feel like and how unexpected was it for you? How I can describe it, when I came home and just saw it, just to hear the noise and the chaos, it felt like everything around me just was closing in on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I could just scream like I didn't want to be there. It just was an indescribable feel like your anxiety is high. You're yelling and you don't like these are babies. Like, why are you yelling? Right. And so um, I would just hide in the bathroom or hide in the closet because now I'm like, oh, my God, I have five kids. They're all different ages. Like the gap is so large. Um, at this time, Naya's like 14, right. and she's in high school, and here I am having twins. And so just a realization of I've started all the way started over. Started over again, yeah. Like, this is just too much to handle. And so I had—and then on top of that, my dad is still kind of teetering with being sick. Hmm. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I going to do to release this? Because yelling at— a 14-year-old or twins, they're looking at me like, lady, you are nuts. <laughs> what, are right. you, what are you doing? And you're working during this time, too? I'm working. I'm working as a, um, at that time, I was the assistant controller at um, Capital Regional. Okay. And Yeah. And I'm just like, something has to give. Something has to give. I have to do something. That's where bacon was birthed. Okay. Bacon cakes were birthed. All right. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. So what made you think about turning to baking as, you know, a way to help deal with how you were feeling? Um, how did you connect those? Yeah, so my sister again, Renee is everywhere in my story. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Hey, um, I love me some pound cake. Can you give me a can you make me a pound cake? Because we're sitting at the hospital one day. Right. And I said, Yeah, I got you. And I pulled out my mom's cookbook because my dad had given me, like, her cookbooks and everything. So I got that cookbook, and I went, and I was like, ooh, this is like an escape. Like, I just zoned into mm. just doing this. Like, I didn't hear all the noise around me. Baking was my saving grace. Okay. And so that's what I did. So she was like, oh, that's real good. Maybe you should try to, you know, make something. I said, well, if I can do a red velvet, 
that's like the southern staple. Mm-hmm. If a red velvet is good, then girl, you got you a business. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I love red velvet. <laughs> so I did the red velvet yeah. and I started posting. That's when Facebook, like at that time, was really getting really getting good. Right. So I started posting. She started posting. She said, Well, how about I name your business? And I was like, Okay, okay. She named it Taylor Confections. Okay. Because you're tailoring the confections to what we want. Because I would tell people, just tell me what you want, and I'll tailor it to your taste buds. Okay. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah, and yeah. so she, well, I'm going to make a logo. I mean, she just, once you give her one idea, she just so goes she all just the way. She just ran with it. Yeah. She just ran with it. And so I said, well, let's make some donuts. So I started making donuts. Donuts was my first, like, product that I was, like, really pushing right. to sell. And so I became. But that's a process, right? You gotta yes. fry them and. Yes. So I was making like Oreo donuts, turtle donuts. I was making flavored donuts. Yeah. And so in the community, because at this time I've moved back to Wakulla. Okay. I had prop. My dad bought me some property in Wakulla, and so I put a house on that. And so um, the people in the neighborhood around me were like, "Hey, your daddy told us you baking down there. Your sister told us you baking." <laughs> And so that's how the word got out around right. town that, oh, you're the donut lady. Mm. You're the donut lady. So I was like, okay, I'll be that. <laughs> and so I was still working. At this time, I'm at the state of Florida. Okay. Working as a grant manager. Right. For Department of Economic Opportunity, yes. right? Yes. Right. Go Lemuel. I love that job. Yeah. I miss it. Oh. <laughs> and I started baking. I mean, I just, on the weekends. So where did... Were the recipes still coming from your mom's it was cookbook? Still, it was coming from my mom's cookbook. I would Then I would add my own little piece here and there. And then I prayed a lot. Mm-hmm. I prayed a lot. Like when I'm mixing or stirring, I still pray a lot. Lord, guide my hands, guide ideas. Is it still soothing to you now? To it make? is. It's still, it's still a my saving grace. Yeah. It is. It is. Because I'm sure that. life isn't any less crazy. No, right? it's so much busier. Yeah. It's so much crazier that this, all this is so unexpected. Yeah. Because it became, it was just a weekend thing. Right. Like a weekend hobby that became a business that my sister kind of pushed me into. And then once folks started noticing. You couldn't help it, right? I couldn't help it. So <laughs> that became my side hustle. Right. And then I learned about the cottage food law because I'm like, okay, I'm baking too much. I have to be doing something. I'm thinking I'm illegal because I'm like. Because you're not in a commercial kitchen. I'm, not, I'm at home. Right. I'm at home with these kids. Now, how much are you allowed to make like that before you get in trouble? $50,000. A year? A year. Okay. Um, By the cottage food law standards. When I first started, it was like $25,000. Um, but a year before I left home, they did um, legislative. They did it. Increased it to fifty thousand. Okay, and so um, I was like, okay, cool. I got my business on the side. I'm doing it. Did the idea of selling fifty thousand dollars worth of donuts seem crazy to you? It did. <laughs> it did. It did. Because now I'm making more cakes. Right. And now people are like, can you make this? And I'm not going to tell you no. I'm say yes. Right. And so I would experiment, and it came out right. Okay. And so it's just, I started getting calls while I was at work. Hey, can you do my daughter's baby shower? I'm at work. 
I can't <laughs> I can't talk about TC TC Baker right now. Um, I'm at work, right? And the calls just kept coming to the point where I could no longer do grant management anymore. So 2019, you cut ties with a full time job yes. and take on a bigger full time job. I still like pinch myself that right. I can't believe that so, I yeah I quit like. That's crazy to me. Two thousand. Your dad was proud. That was taking a big risk, right? Yes, he was very proud. So I came to him like, "Hey, this bakery from my house is like has exploded." He's like, "Yeah, it, it really has." I'm like, "Hey, so I'm gonna go try to find a building and see, you know, see what's out there." Yeah. He was like, "It's gonna be really expensive." I was like, "Yeah, but let's see." So I drove. I said, well, let me take a turn down Eugenia Street mm-hmm. just to see if that building is there. Because I haven't been down there in years. Right. The restaurant that your parents that, ran that, that you re- grew up around. Yes. Right. Went down there and there was a for sale sign on it. And I was like, like oh, my God. Could this really like, be true? Oh, the yeah. heavens are <laughs> All that prayer was paying off, right? <laughs> and I called a realtor and the realtor states, that they have a buyer who's overseas and they're just waiting for um, the money to come through or something. Right. He's like, call me back. This is like the summertime. He said, call me back around January of 2019. Okay. He said, call me back and we'll see if it's. So I waited. I looked no more. You're like, you knew that was it. I knew that was it. Right. January came. He said, hey. I called him. He's like, oh, you called? I was like, yes, I remember. <laughs> you told me to call you. Right. And I called him, and he gave me the name of the family that bought the building. Mm-hmm. So I called them on just on a whim. Hey, I'm Jennifer Young. And, they, and they're like, oh, why would you want this building? The building had been vacant for six years. It's like, we just bought it. You know, we haven't done any renovations yet. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. so I start telling him who I am mm-hmm. and who my mom and dad, you know, the father of the family was like, hey, I used to eat down there every morning. I remember your mama. Well, no way. Yeah. We have to rent it to you. Like, you, we have to. Mm-hmm. And they did. That's awesome. They did. Yeah. Yep. What did that feel like? Amazing. Because now I'm in the same building, like, that my parents we're in that is nuts to me right like and when i'm in there i can feel like i feel her like this is the same area where she was cooking mm. and that i ran around as a child it's so it's so surreal to be there to right. be there to be walking in that legacy and when we opened in um 2019 i opened up as a bakery and a soul food place to bring back the memories of my Marys. Right. And you would not believe the 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 many students that she impacted came back home. Right. Like, we're adults now. Yes, we're right. adults who have their own children on the hill mm-hmm. that came back during like homecoming. They were probably so excited. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. They are just Buying up everything, they're like, your mom has such an impact on me. I owe her. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pay her back through you. 
Wow. And boy, did they. They did. I needed a new mixer. They paid for the mixer. I needed advertisement. They advertised for me. Hmm. I have not spent one dime on advertising. It's all been word of mouth and the legacy that my parents left. I was going to say, I mean, what a testament to what the impact they had on the community that they felt like they knew you. Yes. You know, and wanted to be part of your story. And they still are. Hey, everybody. Just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Fiori Communications. Just like people, every business has a story to tell. And we've been helping our clients tell their story since 2001. Because who you are as a company is just as important as what you do. To learn more about how telling your story can make a difference in your business, visit FioriCommunications.com. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. You're connecting with another generation of people who come back to, you know, the area to graduates, you know, for homecoming and reconnecting with the restaurant. It's amazing. That's pretty to cool. To see that the seeds that were sown back in the 80s and the 90s are now, I'm reaping the harvest yeah. of that. And so that, to me, even being on CNN, so when we opened in 2019, one of, of those former students they're now executive producer at CNN. Hey, we're doing a homecoming HBCU special and your restaurant is going to be <laughs> featured. Like, what? Yeah. So it's like, wow, like you couldn't have, a, no. like, I, I just wanted people to like my stuff. Right. I was just getting joy out of seeing you take a piece of key lime and you're like, oh, my God, this is so good. But to have this other stuff happen, it was just so surreal. Yeah. So I just want to ask you real quickly, when you're setting it all up, obviously you're good with numbers. The financial part probably came pretty naturally for you, but there's a lot more to starting a business than that. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you, how did you make all that happen? We hired a lot of family to like for employees. Um, And a lot of it was just hit and miss. We didn't know, you know, my dad thought that the restaurant piece was his baby. Mm -hmm. He wanted to relive the nineties and he did not realize that we're not in the 90s anymore <laughs> and they're not eating that same food. Right. People are more trying to be more healthier or So the, the traditional soul food, food they the way it used to be made. They don't like that popular. anymore. No, right. Right. They want it one day a week instead of every day of the week. And so Cuz cholesterol matters now right? and stuff like that, right? And diabetes, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm like and I used to tell him all the time because you know after we would have good good days like the homecomings or the FSU homecomings and stuff, but regular every day, yeah. we were losing money because no one ate like that anymore. So he just could not understand why they're not eating our food, and I'm, they're only eating cakes. And it had got to the point where, you know, before I opened, he said, "Well, the food is going to pay the rent for." what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It did not. No. no. It was the bakery. It was the bakery. Right. It was the bakery. So things are, but they're still kind of cranking along. They're cranking along. The bakery is up. The food is down. And now financially, it's starting out to make sense. Okay. so To keep the food. To keep the food. So okay. it's like December. 
It doesn't make sense. It's a December of, of 2019. 2019. We're only five months in, but I can see right. that. You're an accountant. It's not made like <laughs> financially, yeah. like the employees are making more money than we are. Like we're not, we're, we're taking out of our savings to pay them. Yeah. That's not a sustain, sustainable, sustainable model. Bit, right. right. And so, and because I didn't have any model or any business plan, I started this with no business plan. Right. The pandemic hit right. in 2020. And that was the best thing that could have happened to us. Why is that? I was able to get away from the food and do bakery full time. Okay. So it, you didn't have to make that tough decision. I didn't. Because the did. restaurants were shutting down all over the place. Um, DeSantis had shut down the restaurant business and said that you can only do takeout. We, you know, and then we, we changed the menu. Like, you know, let's do chicken wings and fries or pork chopping fries. And it did okay. Stuff but, that traveled better. Right. right. It did okay. But I was selling out of cakes every day. The cakes were pandemic proof. Right. I was selling cakes every day. I mean, I mean, I would bake and bake, and it just seemed like I couldn't bake enough. Mm-hmm. And then, do you ship? Do you do this? Do you do that? No, but I can. I will, you know. And that's how that that got birthed out of the pandemic. People wanting to um, want me to ship to Seattle and ship to New York and New Jersey. So it just made sense to okay, we're no longer doing food. Right. So you open back up after, I mean, even before you could open back up, you were still doing all the, the bakery stuff. Yes. But then after, when things start to loosen up a little bit, you you open back up as strictly a bakery. Strictly a bakery. All right. And it was the best decision ever. Right. So why are your desserts so popular? What do you think makes them different than than other options? I know there are some great bakeries in town that people love, but... It sounds like yours is something special. Why do you think that is? Why is that? I don't know. I think I'm relatable. People come in people come in the shop just to talk to me and mm. not necessarily buy anything, you know, sometimes. Um, I know about their children and their grandchildren. Sounds like um like your mom I'm the, probably was before. Yes, yes. Yes. I'm my mama all over again. Mm. I'm country. I'm like I'm still the same Jennifer you met, you know, before all this happened. Um, I'm not going to change. I'm me. Right. I'm a, I'm very I'm authentic. And I pray. I pray a lot. I, I pray. Prayer has been my saving grace, too, you know, knowing that um, God has allowed me to pivot in the midst of a pandemic um, and where different restaurants have closed down. I mean, major restaurants has closed down. Right. It's amazing to see that little TC bakery over there on Eugenia Street on the south side is still trucking along. <laughs> well, that too, you're you're the only bakery on the south side. The right? only bakery on the south side. What does that mean to you that you can fill that role? <laughs> it's amazing. At, at first, it was a lot of pressure because I didn't want to let anyone down. But as we go along, um, I see the impact that it has made on the community. Mm. Like we have another bakery coming. On the south side. Oh, great. Yeah. And I see, like, the chocolate dandies are on the south side. You know, it's, it's, it's great to see that other businesses can know that you can thrive beyond the railroad tracks. That we can sustain. You know, we're, we're sustaining in this pandemic. Yeah. I'm meeting every everyone. 
everyone. People, I mean, it's amazing how I get a lot of people, especially uh, from the north side, they say, hey, I've never even been over here. Mm-hmm. But I heard about your cakes. So they and drove over to get your cakes. Just to get my cakes. And now right. we're like family. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I will say... You can be the nicest person in the world, but if your cakes are horrible, people aren't driving across town. <laughs> yes. Right? I yes. mean. And you know, and I tell people it's the anointing. It's the anointing in these hands. God has God has truly blessed me to do exactly what I feel I've been designed to do. Um, you know, you go, you go through life and, you know, you have all these painful experiences. And postpartum for me was very traumatic being that. Mm. I know I wasn't the best mother. I know I wasn't the best wife, but my purpose came out of my pain. Mm. And I know that it was birthed out of that. And so my purpose is to serve. And if I can serve you, whether it's cake or just be a helping hand to you, mm. I've done my job and I'm just as happy as I can be, you know, and 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 that's what we do. That's what right. we do. We serve during the, during the pandemic. I was the first restaurant to feed over 200 kids for two weeks on the South side, mm. you know, and I didn't sell anything. It's just the, I'm, I want to serve. Yeah. I want to be a, a servant. That's so. awesome. Do you ever sit back and think about the, all the, you know, the path that you've taken from the beginning from Wakulla County and the $500 and the car trip and all the things you've done since then. And now you're back in the same building. Your parents were, making cakes for this, in a way, the same people they were serving, mm-hmm. you know, all these years later, you're just continuing that legacy. Yes. And and creating my own. I'm yeah. creating my own legacy. Absolutely. Um, and we've gotten to the point where we've outgrew that building. Oh, yeah? Yes. We've right. outgrown the building. So that's, so that's your next pivot that I know yes. is you're kind of moving into more commercial stuff, right? Yes. It's great to sell a cake at a time to, to people who come in. But now you're not even in there every day, right? Because you're too busy with the commercial part. Yes. So tell us about that. <laughs> so back in 2020, God told me to pivot because I needed to, I wanted to make sure my bakery stayed open. So I had to pivot. And so that has allowed me to think of other ideas to make sure that my goods get out to the consumers. Southwood Sweets, they were opening up in Southwood. They needed a bakery. We had done commercial before. We have an account with All Things Tea in Killarn. And someone mentioned my name in a room that I had no clue, you know, that I would be mentioned. And that's how Southwood Sweets came. That's Tallahassee, by the way. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and that just has caused a domino effect. Okay. Hey, since they have it, can I have it too? Right. And then... Since they have it, can you bring it over here too? And that's what has happened. So where else can they get them from if if they're not near you? Okay, so this is cra- very crazy when I start seeing this list. <laughs> so we have Southwood Sweets, Tally Fish House, Island Seafood, Railroad Craft House, Red Eye, all three locations. We also have uh, we have three vending machines. Okay. That we have three cake vending machines. So t- I, that would be a very exciting prospect for somebody, the idea of a cake vending machine. Yes. So how does they, they swipe their card? The, and- so they swipe, they swipe their card first, and then the case opens up. They can pick out whatever they want, and then there's a reader on each of the slices. Mm-hmm. And it, it scans, scans it on the it way scans out. It scans it on the way out. Right. 
Yes. So where where are those? Where are the so vending the, machines? So the vending machines, I have one at TMH, Bixler Emergency Room. have one at Lindy's in Crawfordville. And then I have another one at TMH Northeast. So how do you manage that? I assume you're not driving around, dropping off all those cakes I all am. over. T- you're doing it yourself? I have help, but I am. I'm still in the trenches. Right. I'm still like, we're still grinding it out. Like, I don't sit back. I'm still baking. I'm still the first one there, the last one to leave. Um, do you enjoy that? I do. I do. The kids come up there because now I have the two older kids are in college. This has afforded me for them to go out of state mm. to go to school. Um, so the three kids come down. They help and run around like I used to do <laughs> with my parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's amazing. We're everywhere. So Every- at some point you might have to change your production model a little bit, right? Oh, I, <laughs> yes. Okay. So a little secret. Okay. Now that we're here on this podcast. Yeah. Let's break the news right here. Let's break the news. Okay. I'm only baking with one oven. One oven. (laughs) Yep. Does it run 24 hours a day? It does. Yeah. But one oven where we are, we are baking on in that has to change because I have to go home. (laughs) Yeah. So we have ordered more equipment. Uh, We're about, we're actually about to relocate for a little bit um, because they are renovating the building. Okay. So that's breaking news, too. So you're getting all the breaking news. Oh, this is huge. (laughs) So in 30 days, 30, 45 days, we'll be moving out of that location just so they can renovate. So we're renovating the whole building. And then we have more exciting news. Saturday, my first grocery store. Grocery store? Yes. So TC Bakery will now be available in the Piggly Wiggly of Southside. That is awesome. Yes. How is that going to mean walking through and seeing your stuff in a grocery store? So we went um, the other day to look at the case. Yeah. And it is beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. Because, you know, you dream and, you you know, you, you're like, it would be so cool if I can see my stuff in Publix and, you know, in all these places. But to to actually, um, because I'm, I'm a firm believer of faith. Mm. Uh, and and I walk in faith, and I see it, I speak it, I, I talk about it before it happens. So what does that mean to you in real terms? I mean, what? how does that impact your everyday life, the faith part? It impacts everything. It's faith over fear. When I have fear, like I'm, like I'm, I'm scared, you know, because I— the 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 post has been shared eighty times that I'm going to Piggly Wiggly. Right, that scares me. The like, expectations. The of expectations that, that mm-hmm. people are actually excited. Like I didn't even know people liked me that much, <laughs> for real. And I'm just so shocked. So I'm in a state of shock actually. Right. That people are wow. They really like me. They're really excited about me being the Piggly Wiggly. Because, like I said, I remind them of the aunt or the sister or, or whatever. I'm part of the family. So so what is your favorite dessert that you make? <laughs> lemon pound cake. Okay. I'm a pound cake Going person. back to the original pound yes, cake, right? lemon pound cake with a little lemon glaze on it. Mm, mm, so good. What is your most popular dessert? Is it the red velvet? Red velvet cake is the most popular yeah. cake. cake. And sweet potato cheesecake is the most popular cheesecake. Okay. 
All right, let's switch things up a little bit. You talked about your husband, Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. I just want you to have an opportunity to talk about his role in all this and you guys as a couple and what, you know, how does all that play into it? I imagine that his support is important in all this for you. It is. It's very important. Um, he is a manager at Walmart, Appalachian Parkway. So this is very new to him because mm-hmm. he's one of those structured um, type of people. So entrepreneurship was like, are you crazy? Like, you need a job. Right. You need insurance and, you know, and at first he's like, you have lost your mind. Like, you're going to quit your, because I just decided one day I was going to quit my job. I didn't tell him. I just quit. Mm. <laughs> Y'all don't do that. But I'm sure that I, that's prompted what I did. a discussion, you know, at some point, right? Yeah, so I, I quit my job, and he's like, and I was, you know, I was the breadwinner, you know, and he like, no, you're nuts. But as he, he sees now that, okay, it was all worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it was all worth it. So I have, like, Saturday is all hands on deck. Everybody's going to be there to yeah. help. So that's what we do. You know, it's kind of like like my dad. He didn't believe that I was going to finish college. And I love to prove people wrong. Mm. So, you know, you just prove them wrong and they see. I don't think too many people are going to be doubting you from this point forward. (laughs) I'm pretty certain of that. Jennifer, what else do you do that might surprise people? Is there anything else, any other interests or hobbies or anything you love outside of baking? Not that you have much time. but Right. Um, I love to travel. I love to travel and love on my babies. I'm living through my college kids. So whatever they want to do that's fun, I enjoy seeing them happy. Yeah. So now it's homecoming time. And so we're going to a concert. Now, I'm not going, but they'll FaceTime me. Hey, I'm at the <laughs> concert. I'm like, yay. <laughs> so just seeing, just again, seeing people happy around me. Yeah. That brings me joy, especially if I can help, help bring them that joy. Yeah. So. But traveling is like my number one. I love to travel. Right. Travel and eat. (laughs) Those are two good things. And polar pops, which I should stay away from, but I love polar polar pops. pops. That's like 86 (laughs) ounces of goodness. Sugar. (laughs) Those things are humongous. (laughs) All for 94 cents. What a bargain. What a bargain that is. (laughs) Um, All right. Jennifer, looking back, what is. What is the one thing or person that changed the trajectory of your life to this point? I can tell you what's changing me now. Okay. Is the death of my father. Mm-hmm. That has that has changed me. It has made me more resilient, giving me more purpose. Mm. Because I want to honor him. You know, I made me and my sister, we made sure that we honored him while he was alive. Anything and everything he wanted to do. He did it. Mm. And so um, he used to always tell me, baby, you're going to be famous one day. Somebody go come and buy your recipes. And because at first he wasn't a believer. He was like, you know, yeah. like, he, you know, it was the food, the food, the food. And then once he started seeing like, oh, people love cake. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe so many people love cake. He used to tell me that every day. <laughs> like, people eat cake more than food. <laughs> and so... That has changed me. That has given me a new drive mm. to make sure that I fulfill that, mm. fulfill that purpose. That that um, I feel like he prophesied that to me, 
that he that I was going to be my name was going to be in lights. And because I'm very shy, I love being in the background. This being up front is so new to me. Hmm. I would rather go back and hide because I'm not a showy person. Right. Yeah. So that that my father's death has really, really changed, changed me and changed my perspective that enjoy every moment because he did. Right. He enjoyed his life. I'm going to enjoy mine, too. All right. You sort of answered my final question, but I'm going to throw it out to you anyway. We always... I end everyone with this question. So, you know, the podcast is called How I Got Here. Yes. So we've talked about how you got to this point in your life. But where do you see, where do you think here might be for you in three to five years from now? I hope to have my own factory. So more than one oven. Yes. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) I hope to have my own bakery warehouse and to be in more grocery stores and TC Bakery Cheesecakes be a household name. So when you think of cheesecake, you don't just think of Cheesecake Factory. You think of, oh, T.C. Bakery. You know, the Southern girl out of Walcolor County, you know, doing my cake decorating classes that we do, but I want to expand it. I want to also open up a nonprofit called Tommy's Girls, um, named after my mother, to help single mothers and to help teenage mothers to let them know that, hey, you can do it too. If I did it, you can do it too. So that's where I plan to be. Thanks for listening to the show. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It really does make a difference. Thanks to my amazing staff at Fiori Communications, who pick up the slack while I'm working on these podcasts, and to Troy Bloom for composing our theme music. You can hear more of Troy's creations on Facebook and Instagram at Troy Bloom Music. To connect with the podcast or suggest a future guest, follow us on social media or email us at podcast at fioricommunications.com.